Let us be attentive. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst, We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I heard you then be imitators of me. Peace be with you, the readers. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. At that time, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water, and I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? 
He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move hence to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It has been said that on Memorial Day, flags fly at half-staff in remembrance of armed forces killed by the enemy. And every day, we could well lower the flag in memory of those who lost the will to live and took their own lives. According to legend, Chu Yan was a wise and patriotic Chinese government official who lived during the time known as the Warring States period, uh, 5th to 3rd centuries BC. As reported, he tried repeatedly to warn his king about an impending threat that would destroy the country, but the king rejected his advice. Eventually, Chu Yan was exiled from his homeland, and when he learned about the fall of his beloved country to that very foe he had warned about, he ended his life. Chuyan's life resembles some aspects of the life of the prophet Jeremiah. He too served kings who scorned his warnings, and his country was therefore ravaged. However, while Chuyan gave in to his despair, as so many today are doing, Jeremiah found genuine hope and purpose. Why the difference between these two? The answer is that Jeremiah knew the one true God loved him and served him. The Lord who offers the only true hope and meaning to this life. There is hope for your descendants, God had assured the prophet. Your children will return from exile to their own land, Jeremiah 31, 17. Although Jeremiah 
I'm sorry, although Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 BC, the people did return, and later it was rebuilt. At some point, my brothers and sisters, we all find ourselves in situations that indeed can cause us to despair. It could be a bad medical report, a sudden job loss, a shattered family, social isolation, peer problems, the death of a loved one, no sense of responsibility, purpose, or meaning. Consider the afflicted boy in this morning's gospel who repeatedly threw himself into fire and water, tormented as he was by a demon. But when life brings us down, we, of course, can still look up, for God is seated on his throne of grace. He holds our days in his hands, and he holds us so close to his heart. He knows the very number of hairs on our head, even if they are decreasing. He knows our very thought and certainly every need. Often we cannot seem to understand that everything in our lives belongs to God. The mountains are times of prosperity and blessedness as well as our valleys, those times of adversity and struggle. We readily acknowledge him as the God of, quote-unquote, the high places, as he is called in 1 Kings 20, 23. But we are not always so ready to acknowledge him as also, quote-unquote, the God of the valleys, as he is called just a few verses later. As God of all, however, he is with us in everything, in the high places and in the valleys, in the good times and in the bad, in joys and most certainly in sorrows. Shall we receive good at the hands of God and shall we not receive evil? Asked the much-suffering prophet Job. The scriptures and the fathers assure us that what appears evil in our valleys should be seen in a positive, even life-building way as proceeding from God's boundless and inconceivable love for each and every one of us. Concerning God's providence and care for his world, St. John of Damascus writes, Providence is God's will through which all existing things obtain their appropriate guidance. If providence is God's will, it is inevitable that everything happens must happen as it does in the most beautiful way and could not come to pass in a better manner. And St. Clement of Alexandria, centuries before St. John, urged the faithful, confront your hardships with nobility of understanding, giving thanks to God even in the midst of your painful difficulties. His purposes are wiser than men's, and it is not possible or easy for us to grasp them. Whatever dark times we encounter, 
brothers and sisters, hope in Christ is the sure anchor of our soul and is the only light that can guide us out. Him, his words, his way of life, his commandments. There are many alluring false solutions or supposed escapes, sometimes even sadistically glorified in our culture. But these are but dead ends. The one who said, I am the door, is the only true way through the valleys of despair, hopelessness, and meaningless. Because Christ and Christ alone is our consolation, our joy, our hope, and our ultimate purpose. We pray to God in the divine liturgy, you brought us into being out of nothing, and when we fell, you raised us up again. Being reminded by these very words of God's incessant care, love, and watchfulness over us, instilling hope in us. But the prayer even goes further and continues. You did not cease doing everything until you led us to heaven and granted us your kingdom to come, showing us what heights and what blessings we have been called to, what a destiny God has in store for each and every one of us, instilling ultimate and everlasting meaning and purpose in us. Hope and purpose, true life, brothers and sisters, is what Christ and Christ alone always is giving to us. And as we look to the majestic event of the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain, let today's hymn of the four feasts inspire us, motivate us towards a heavenly life, and illumine our darkness. As the hymn reads, on this day of Christ's divine transfiguration, human nature in advance splendidly shines with light divine. And with great joy, we all cry aloud, Christ is transfigured in glory and saves us all. To him be the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> 